Hello and welcome back to the T-Vashel Bomb Show. This is episode 93, I believe. We're going to be hitting the 100th episode in a long time from now. I was, I thought I was going to say uh, coming soon or something like that. Like, I thought I was going to say we're going to be hitting the next, uh, we're going to be hitting the 100th episode pretty soon here. But actually it's going to be a long time since we hit the, uh, till we hit the 100th episode. Because uh, I have trepidations about doing a hundredth episode that's not good enough, you know. So I'm so I'm gonna delay it. I'm gonna skip it. I'm gonna skip to the hundredth uh, and first episode instead of doing a hundredth. We'll do a hundredth eventually. I, lo- I love when people add an extra syllable to that word. Eventually, no, it's eventually. It's. Eventually, it's four syllables. Why do you gotta make a long word longer? Eventually, we will get to the hundred that will release a hundred. We're gonna record it. I don't know when I find a good spectacular guest. To when I get a guest, how about that? Then we'll put out the hundredth episode, and you know, they'll be like. When's this going out? And I go, I don't know. It'll go out as soon as it's recorded, but it, who knows when it will be recorded, though. Because I don't know how I'm going to get a good guess for an eight-view-per-episode podcast. Like, Not a lot of demand for for guests that are into doing that kind of a thing, that kind of a podcast. It's like, hey, you want to have a conversation with me at my house for at least an hour, and, and uh, that's it? Just because I like, just you know, I, I think it'd be fun to have a conversation with just you and nobody else. Because I only got two microphones. And that's all we're gonna do, and then you leave. We have no. That's it. We're not friends, so we're not gonna. Like that. But you specifically, I want you to drive all the way to my weird, like, like obscure located house, obscurely located private residence. To just talk to me about a foot away, foot away from me, because that's how big my camera lens picks up. It's a small room, 10 by 10, 11 by 11 feet, roughly. It's about exactly 11 feet. So not exactly, but about, almost exactly 11. And they go, well, that's, well, why? That's the weirdest question. That's that's weirder than if you just asked to freaking... I'm trying to think of a PG-rated way to say have sex with, but I, but have sex, I could have just said that. That's like weirder than if you, but nobody says that, that's why. Nobody says, you sh- why'd you ask me to have sex with you? Like, nobody, it's, it sounds so like dirty, but if you say the F word, it's like more uh, relaxed. It's like, it's a way to censor the word. It's a euphemism. The, but if you say sex, but anyway, they'd be like, That'd be that's weird. You're asking me to go to your house, somebody I don't know, you know, like I know I don't know you, and just talk to you in a bedroom of your empty house that nobody else lives there, that nobody else lives at, and just have you talk. And we're just gonna talk to a camera, and that, for some reason record it, even though nobody's good. No one's going to listen. Unless it's a really good guest. Then just by them being... I'll promote it and it'll get 10 or 12 
listens, or maybe if I put clips out, then it'll get more clicks. It's okay. If it has a good guest on it, I would intentionally put out a bunch of short clips because I like, I don't love, but I love, I do like it enough, but I guess I love it too, to put out a, a good clip that I'm proud of, that has, that's a good clip, then I would do it, if it was a good guest, or, you know, any guest that happened to be good, I'm not saying good as in, like, they're a big name, I just mean good as in they know how to, they're, they're good on podcasts, they're good on podcasts, it does, I don't care who they are. They could be somebody for, like a bum, um, theoretically, not pr- practically, not not literally. They wouldn't. I wouldn't let a bum in here. I wouldn't even do a field recording with a bum because I don't like being outside. You know, I don't want. You know, I don't like being outside. And uh, I would do it outside. Yeah. Anyway. I would I would do it with a bum actually if it was outside at an outdoor studio. So, but I wouldn't want a bum here because um, um, what's a anyway I I could just say because I hate them, I could just say because I'm anti-homeless like you know I'm more, I'm racist towards homeless people if they were a group of people to hate that I would be the word for that that ends with an ist. I'm a homeless, homelessist. I'm a homeless. Doesn't have the same ring to it. That's why people don't shame you for hating homeless people because there's no word for it. That's it. Like if you're anti, if you're anti-homeless, that's it. That's all you could say about that person. Oh, he's anti-homeless. It's like anti-vax. That has a punch to it for some reason because it's stigmatized. Did the word, is it such a bad word because it's stigmatized or because it sounds like a bad thing, like anti-vax, he's an anti-vaxxer. I think it's because of the X and the Vs. I don't think it's because of what they're doing. Yeah, I don't think they're doing anything particularly nefarious by being anti-vax, like who cares, oh, they they don't want to take shots. I don't like shots. It's not controversial to me unless you're like, forcing other people unless you're like burning buildings or some shit but the idea itself to be like oh i don't like vaxes vaccines okay who cares you're allowed to not take something i mean unless it affects other people like it's for a virus or some shit like that but even then you should shame them for for uh okay in that case i get why there's a stigma if it's if you're running around giving people a disease because you refuse to get a vaccine, then you're an idiot if there's proof. That's why it's such a that's why I shrugged. That's why I, I, I made that's why I did whatever that word whatever it's called when you go like Ugh. what's that what's that called? It's not shrugging. Shrugging is just going like that's a shrug but what's uh not a gasp. I know it's not a gasp. A gasp, I don't gasp a lot. I don't I'm not a gasper. A gasp is where you go, like, whoa, whoa. You like inhale. You have to go, what? I see, I can't, I can't do it. What? It's where you say what while inhaling. That's what a gasp is. Like, what? what? But I can't do it because I'm not, a, I'm not a good actor. And I don't do it in real life. So I wouldn't even know what, like it's just going like, but, I, but that's not it. 
It's like, it hurts. It hurts to get it because you got to go. It's like inhaling the wrong way. It's like inhaling through your throat instead of your nose. You, it's like, it's like, yeah, I don't like do it. hurts. It hurts to do that. It's like, yeah, it's, it's inconvenient for my sinuses. So anyway, so anyway, so, so anyway I groaned. Like I, I, I did one of these. I did, I did one of these. Like, what is that? What's the word for that? It's not groaning. That I groaned during the thing I was doing, but that's not all it is. I wasn't just groaning when I got sick of that. When I didn't want to talk about anti-vax because it's such a deep subject. That's like, well, okay, there's nothing wrong with it unless it affects other. Unless not getting vaccinated affects other people, and what? How do you know if it does? Okay, not vaccinating your kids. Yeah, that's a pretty clear one that you're probably this. The evidence that you're still so see how just the the act of talking about it at all starts a twenty minute freaking examination. It's not a tirade. I wasn't tirading about. It. I'm tirading about what I'm talking about. But that what I, I that wouldn't be a tirade if I were to just talk about the subject. I would just be examining it and like using my critical like I would just like be like cross-examine, whatever the hell, analyzing it out loud. I wouldn't be uh, tirading. I'm on a tirade right now. Right now, I am on a, definitely on a tirade about how I don't want to talk about this subject. And I'm still trying to figure out the word for that move I did. It's a very common thing to do. And I'm pretty sure there's a word for it. But I don't read a lot of books. And I'm on anti-brain freeze medication. Wouldn't it be funny if that's what I, if that was true? If I was if I was actually on a medication that gives you that doesn't that saves you from brain freeze, and that's the whole reason you're taking it, just because of brain freeze, because you because you you know because of ice cream. That would be pretty absurd. It's like wait, so you take anti-brain freeze medication? How long does it last? Why are you taking it for before a podcast? Unless it's something you take every single day because the half-life has to, like, just in case you get a brain. Please explain that condition. I've never heard of somebody that gets chronic brain freeze. It's like, well, yeah, I haven't been out much then because it's a new disease that I, that it's not new. It's rare. Okay, it's, it's, it's a rare disease. So anyway, I have that. So that'd be funny. And then, they, so then I would keep going. I'd be, Wait, so do you have... So does it happen all the time? Do you always have brain freeze if you don't take your me- like? What is what causes the brain freeze? Then it's like, well, I I just have I just am sensitive. It's idiopathic. They don't know what causes it. It's just like a they. Some people deny that it's even even real, and it's hard to. It's one of those diseases that's hard to get diagnosed because your doctor is like, no, it's because you're fat. That's why you get brain freeze because you're fat, which doesn't make any sense. Because if you're fake, you just curl your head around your fat. Curl the fat around your head is what I meant. You can't curl your head around nothing. Your head doesn't really get fat. But that does make sense. They have a brain freeze if you're fat because you could just curl your fat around your head. Like a caterpillar. Like a turtle. So so that wouldn't... So why do you have... So, so yeah, they go... The doctors that are not up-to-date on their science, like these old boomer doctors that think it's just a millennial or Gen Z disease, they just go, 
Yeah, so you've read online, you've read on WebMD that you have antifreeze in your brain. That you have this condition, you need medication. Yeah, it's in your head. That's what they say, even though it's not in your head. It just hurts your brain. It's called brain freeze because it literally hurts your brain. Not literally. Your brain doesn't have pain receptors, but that's where it's localized. That's where the pain is felt it's felt as if it's inside your skull and that's what sucks about it because you can't just curl i guess maybe if you maybe it would help but the thing is brain freezes they don't last that long they last a solid five seconds or something so but they so they hurt a lot and it's this it's the worst pain one of the it's not the it's it's a bad pain because you can't do anything about it because it's behind a rock you know, it's behind something that's the closest thing to a rock. It's well, teeth are the hardest things. Bones are not even close to rock. Bones are made out of cells. Wood is made out of cells. That gets pretty hard. I gotta think about this for a longer time, for a little bit longer. Wood is not rock. That's the point. The point is though, everything made by like okay, teeth are the hardest. So anyway, you can't just put a towel around your head or just go like nothing that like kills the pain except for time. So you feel so hope like not hopeless, but yeah, like helpless, and you feel guilty because you hurt the most vulnerable part of your. You hurt the most important part of your body that you actually care about more to, more than your other organs. Nobody gives a crap. Nobody like. You know, when you hurt your brain, your brain doesn't have like it's, it's not its fault. It didn't do anything to deserve that because all all you were the one eating ice cream. So you you, you go, oh my god, I can't. Believe, I'm sorry that I did this to you, and there's nothing. You know, I'm very sorry that I hurt you for a second there, because you are literally hurting your brain. That's what a brain freeze is telling you is that hey, it's getting cold up here. We need this this organ to be at a very specific temperature. So, it, so because that's why you know if your brain freezes, literally, you're that that's the end of that. Those parts of the brain, the brain cells, get turned they turn to, to garbage. Uh, if after freezing them, you can't just freeze your brain literally. So that's what a brain freeze is telling you. It's like, yo, it's getting cold up here. We're gonna die, and you're gonna forget Christmas. Yeah, you're going to forget every Christmas that ever happened. You know, it's serious. Not just one of them. This is serious shit, man. Your whole brain. If you fry your whole brain, the stuff on the outside where it would first get cold, because everything freezes on the outside first. It's, you know, it's like any liquid object. would freeze on the outside. And let's not even talk about freeze-drying. That is a completely different thing, and it's even worse. Because that poofs it up and takes all the water out. So then you just you need water and fat. A brain is just water and fat in a very clever way with electricity shooting into it. That's that's uh, that's all it is. It's just an electricity matrix. It just yeah matrix of electricity, a very complicated circuit of electric. That's probably the better term. Circuit of electricity that it just goes through. And once you unplug it, it wants you, but it's made out of fat and water. That's it. So once in protein, and once that dies, 
once it freezes on the outside, that's where your surface level brain functions are, which some of which you don't need. It's just it's just memory or something. I don't know what I don't know. So you would you wouldn't forget things uh, exclusively. You would also forget and lose the ability to do anything because it's all in your brain. I mean, not everything. Some things like you won't lose the ability to. Um, metabolize chemicals. I'm pretty sure the liver and kidneys do that on their own um, with a way more complicated mechanism of biology. Like the brain is just literally, it's just neuron. It's just, but the brain is the least complicated part of the body. It's just neurons firing through a complicated circuit board. We can all understand that. Okay, it's just a circuit board with electricity going through certain paths that are malleable. And it's like a sandbox of of a circuit board that lets you... But, and it runs a lot of very important things in the body. Okay, I get it. It's a circuit board. The kidneys is not a brain. It's, it's, it's way more complicated uh, in the liver because it, it's all these metab... Uh, myotized, like these cells. It's made out of... It, like the cells in the kidneys and in liver are more complicated because how do you metabolize anything? Like name a thing, and and I'll tell you if I know how to metabolize it. Okay, poison, good example. That can't be metabolized. That's why it kills you. I like so. That's a bad. Ex- so no. What are you talking? About? Poison is called poison because the body can't just process it you know so that's why you die because it, it decides well we can't we don't know how to de we don't know how to take the ingredients out of this particular substance that you just put through me you idiot so now that it's already in us we can't just like shoot it out that's what metabolizing is for that's what the whole point of metabolizing is we turn it into something that can be consumed and, and spat out excreted you know we can't excrete something that we don't know how to take apart first. We can't just do that, man. I don't know why. So this is where God comes in. It's like, well, hey, God, or the great designer, why would you design biology to not be able to eat certain things that are not that big? I get it. If it's big, then you're going to have a problem. If you eat something bigger than your body... Yeah, you're going to have a problem excreting it, but if it's just a poison liquid on the cellular level, why can't you just be like, okay, we don't like this liquid? I guess because it interacts on a cellular level. It's not just that it can't get rid of it. I think it's because the process of interacting with it in and of itself is what kills you. Trying to metabolize it could just kill the cells because cell biology is super complicated. We, I don't know. Who the hell knows what's going on? A little microscopic level. Like, okay, here's a molecule of a poison and water molecules. They're like pretty much, if you could see a molecule, you could see the tiniest thing in the world because those are atoms that you're seeing. If you see a molecule, you're looking at a couple, of, like, you know, you're looking at atoms. You can't see a molecule. So that's the tiniest thing in the world. So how the hell do we know what's going on? The brain, who cares how small it is? We understand circuit boards. We we, we understand uh, like integrated circuit boards. 
I don't, but some people some people do. So we know how an iPad works. Who cares how big and small it is? It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. There's it's tiny. It's pretty. It's pretty tiny. What goes on like an Intel microchip? You know, a processor. They're pretty small, but that's great. We're trying to do something. Yeah, we're doing math and stuff. The kidneys don't do math. They do chemistry. And it's biochemistry, which is even harder than regular chemistry. Because chemistry is just, you know, chemistry broad is probably like, you know, less, you know, it's just like, okay, the elemental table. I don't need to know these all these elements. Why are you telling me what an element is that weighs a thousand pounds, you know? Like... Like you just have a tiny bit of it weighs a thousand. Oh, and it decay and it's radioactive, so it only lasts that long for two seconds. So the half life is two seconds. Why are you telling me about it? Is that gonna come up in everyday life? When I'm on the subway, it's like, oh, unobtainium or oop oop the whatever you know, like one of these exotic, yeah, you know, one of these exotic elements that I can't literally think of none of them because I don't because you don't it's not relevant to my life. I know up to like number four. The ones that actually matter, hydrogen, helium, you know, the ones we use on an everyday basis. I was raising my voice to, to show that I'm on helium, you know, because that shows I'm not an idiot for saying that we use that in everyday life. I don't, I don't think we do use that one in everyday life. That's why I raised my voice. Like, yeah, I use helium. So anyway, back to what we were talking about. So, so... Oh yeah, we're talking about brain freezes. We're talking about how the kidneys, the liver, and those really complicated organs—they have to deal with chemistry and bio biology. That's a word that just means a lot. It means like on a microscopic level. That's where it's. That's where it actually exists. Like yeah, we live in the macro environment. We eat things. We put them in our huge orifice of a hole that is called our mouths. That's all we care about. We care about, okay, we threw this hamburger down the this hatch, this chimney-like thing where you just open it and you throw stuff in. This disposable, this thing that disposes of food, we throw it down there and we, it, we shit it out. And that's biology to most people. They go, yeah, that's biology. Dolphins look different than us because they're different animals. That's biology because they have different biology. I don't know. They're different animals. That's part of biology is telling one animal from the other. Not not zoology. That's just being like, oh, that's a that's that kind of bird. No, we don't care about that kind of bird. We care about the biology differences of those birds, which we don't care about because they're the same. Because those birds, to a zoologist, would be like, yeah, one is from the Costa Ricans. Their side, it's made by Costa Ricans in a laboratory, uh, in particular. Anyway, and then another bird, it looks exactly the same, but we go, oh no, that one's from uh, South America, but a different part of South America, uh, Uruguay. Now it's a totally different bird. We're zoologists, so it's a different bird. It looks the same to you because you're a biologist, you don't care about it because you don't study it. The way we do. You don't study it as good as us. If you think that's the same birds, you're an idiot. That's what the zoologists say to the biologists. Biologists just say, yeah, okay, they're different. 
species of bird. We don't, yeah, we'll use your language for this, you know, but we don't care. We care about if they're different biologically, which they're not. They're the same stupid bird that with different color wings. They're just different shades of, of blue. And one's a tiny bit big. But other than that, everything about them's the same. They eat bird seed. Their, their stomachs process the bird seed. And they have literally no other... There's no biological... They live... Okay. You got us. They live six months longer. One lives six... Yeah, okay. That's a difference in biology. We don't, who cares, man? Biology what is really what's going on on a microscopic level with uh, molecules. Even atoms matter. In the, even radiation, which is just like more smaller versions of, of molecules or atoms. There's things smaller than atoms. Yeah, there is. There's like subatomic pieces of atoms like photons I think they started out in an atom at one point they're not atoms though they're subatomic and other ones that we don't come across we don't really deal with photons and electrons we deal with electrons and those but the other ones like neutrons nobody cares about neutrons because they stay where they are they stay exactly neutrons and protons right the reason we don't hear about those that often is because they hold on to each other for dear life. They don't decay into electrons. They don't decay into gamma radiation uh, that kills us. So we don't care about neutrinos, neutrons. Those are just textbook molecules or textbook things in science that only come up there. They don't affect biology. We're, we're made of them, but they... We only care what they are based on the atom that they represent and the molecules those atoms represent. We don't care about the particular, like the individual proton or the or even what they're doing as a, it doesn't matter. They're static. So photons are we, those come up every day. You couldn't walk out of bed without a photon because you wouldn't see where it is to leave the bed. You'd be like, okay. Where the hell do I where do I go? I know it's to my left, but how far? I gotta I gotta look to see where my bed ends because I can't just feel where it is, you know. So you need photons on an everyday basis, you know, to see how much toothpaste is on the thing, is on the stick, the toothpaste. Stick. What do you call those toothpaste? The sticks that you put the toothpaste on. So anyway. I'm still trying to think of that word that I did, you know, like, where it was like, Ugh. Ugh. all right, uh, so we're, we're still talking about this disease, so biology is what we're talking about, so biology is where you're, you're in a body, and the, what matters is, who cares, like, oh, you put food in, it comes out, you die, you live, you get stabbed, you, like, simple stuff, we all focus on the baseline, the, the, the surface level stuff, like, oh, there's blood you know, that you could donate. That's all people care. It's like, okay, don't bleed to death. If you get stabbed, you could bleed to death. That's something most people probably think about sometimes. They go, okay, I don't want to bleed to death. I'll get a Band-Aid. I'll go to the hospital, get stitches, because I heard that 
blood is bad. They they heard that in school. That like leaking enough blood is bad. And it leads to death. Like a lot of people it's associated with mortality, you know? To leak it, not to have it in your blood. Blood itself is great when it's not exposed. When it's in your body or when it's at a place that you donate blood in a safe place like refrigerator, nobody cries about that. Nobody gets spooked out. Nobody, like, you know, freaks out when they see blood just in a contained donation jar. But when we see it, and then when it's in our body, we go, great, I got blood. I don't want to see it. But I, I hope I, t- I hope it's in there. Like this, you know, I don't want to see things that are meant to be in your body. Is the point I'm making? Like nature doesn't like blood being like doesn't ex- like. If it was up to nature, you would never see blood in your life because nature is designed to o- to only have that on the inside to circulate important resource like microscopic resources uh, and plaque. It builds up. Blood is very important for biology, and if it was up to, you know, if everything went well in your whole life, you would never see your own blood, you know? That's unnatural. There's never a natural reason for you to be leaking blood. It's meant to be on the inside. Like, you could go your whole life without getting a paper cut. It's, you know, so some people have never even seen their own blood. Because that's like, whoa, that's not supposed to be outside, man. So anyway, what was I talking? So that's that's what people know about biology. They also know about uh, anatomy. Anatomy is not really the same, not the same as biology, or else we would call it the same thing. It's a shape of your biology. So, uh, but your biology not everybody so we don't care that's why we say your anatomy that's the problem is your anatomy is weird so that's why we can't fix your your that's why you have all these wisdom teeth because yours is weird most people don't have that problem but you have to get surgery like really bad you know so anyway your anatomy that's not the same as bio everybody's biology is pretty much the same you know within a, a few you know, reasonable margin of standard deviations of air. You know, like people be okay. This much heroin kills a horse, so that means most people probably shouldn't take that much because of their because the horse biology can handle way more heroin than a human because they got bigger livers. The liver won't get backed up, you know, by all the heroin. Heroin. Isn't bad. It's only if it kills you because it shuts down your your airways or something. It doesn't. It's not poison. Your body can process it, no problem. But if there's too much, you get too relaxed that you just die. You just stop breathing because you're so relaxed. The lungs start to realize that, dude. What? Just chill, man. And your your heart, same thing. Your heart just goes, dude. This, this is fucking relaxed. Fuck it, dude. I'm just gonna, and then you just you just die because your heart just goes. Fuck it. This is better to just relax. I'm just gonna relax for two seconds. So anyway, it's not it's not poison. You your body will process it, I guess. It's some I don't know. It's not good, but there's other things that are worse for your liver and those very complicated organs 
that are more way more complicated than your brain. So those organs, so what happens on a micro level is what I'm talking about. That's what biology really is. And your biology doesn't care about your macro size of your doesn't care about like okay he's he has a he's ugly like they don't care about like the big picture they don't care about okay we want this guy to live till 70 or something your biology doesn't give two craps it's like a car it's it has no goal or sentience it's just a pile of organs cleverly stitched together to look as if it's one thing it's not your brain is one thing and your biology doesn't give a crap about your brain or else your biology would go great with your thoughts your your thoughts would actually lead you probably to make better decisions with your biology But your biology itself is just a collection of individual cells that all have a job. When they were stem cells, somebody told them, okay, this is going to be your job for the rest of your life. There's no changing. This is it. Unless you get cancers. Unless you, well, that's, that's just having a lot of kids. So you're, once you're a cell assigned at birth, your, your role, gender role as a cell is assigned at birth. And there's no changing that. Unless radiation so gamma yeah so so you get okay i'm a heart cell so my job is to just be part of this muscle just part of a wall of a hole of a tube that's my job for three months or however long they last for maybe a year or two at the if i'm a really important heart cell that just stays in the thickest part of the valve and just moves all the time it's like damn it this is my job for a year just banging my head back and forth and pumping blood that's my job i just got some something's twitching me some electricity is twitching me and telling me to literally just go like Like a floppy, like I'm just flopping around because I'm being electrocuted. That's my job as a mus, as a heart valve cell. Okay, well that sucks. I don't know what the hell I'm getting. What's my retirement plan? I just die. That's it. It's getting e eaten up by other cells, and that's it. They. That's a stupid. That's not a good life. So. Are they spiritual? Do they have any sense of purpose about like, well, at least I'm helping somebody by, by going like this for six months and, that, and that, you know, hopefully I'm helping somebody. That there's a greater cause, but who cares? What's what's what do they care? There's no, is there cell heaven? That's not fair. But they're part of biology, so they came from something. They used to be alive, you know, single-celled organisms. Is where they came from, right? Couldn't have one without the other. Couldn't just have multicellular uh, animals without single cells. The multicellular animals are just vehicles for the single cells to have a purpose. And they got to be wedged up against other cells. It's, it's amazing to me. I, I think single cells where it's at because then it's like, okay, I got a purpose. I'm just one cell in atoms. 
atoms we all know are not biology they're just part of science they're part of existence i don't know what the branch of science is it's not chemistry because i'm talking about like where they come from i'm talking about like the origin of them i don't know stars yeah atoms came from stars which came from the singularity at the and that's it we don't know what else the hell they came from we don't know we just know they're there we know how they you know we know that they're there but they're inorganic so I'm talking about cells is where it's at. Being a single cell organism is way better than being multicellular because you're not wedged up against other cells. You know, there's some honor in it, but not to you. If you if you're help, okay, I'm part of a, a heart for some fat guy that doesn't even care about his stupid heart because he's a brain. You know, he's just the external doings of a brain which we hate. You know, the, you know, the the heart is told to pump by the brain. Otherwise, the heart would just relax all the time. Be like, okay, I'm alive. I did it. We beat the system. We're no longer in a cesspool as a single-celled organ. We're not, we're not, we're not just swimming around. Yeah, but you're in a, look at what you're, the cost of that. You're, you're wedged up with neighbors in a horrible situation. You don't get to experience the the pleasure of being a single-celled organism with like a tail you know something like this something that could swim you're not blessed like a uh, with that sperm cells that brings me to sperm cells they're the best they're the best cell to be who would want what would you want to be a brain cell no you're just zapping one tiny bit of data to another's neuron that's right next to you Okay, it'd be cool to be a neuron if it was for, like, uh, Eric Clapton or, like, uh, Jimmy Page, like some really good guitar player, because they're using their neuro pathways for something cool. Yeah, if you're, like, Jimmy Page, you know, playing whatever his big riff was, and you're one of those neurons, that'd be cool to be, like, because then you're, like, the coolest part of the brain. Like the most respected, notable part of the brain is like, fuck yeah, it's my time to shine. And you go like this, and you just like, Phew! you shoot up your, you just, pass, all you're doing is passing a frisbee to the next guy next to you, but you're better at it than other parts of the brain. So it's like nothing. It's like you got bigger muscles. You just go, Phew! like you just got a big fat tail because it's so like, it's like fiber optic cable with like shielding around it that goes out like, 10 feet it's like super secure data transfer you're just going yeah here you go let's play that same riff we're gonna freaking play it and if you get it wrong who gets who takes the blame who's like oh crap i didn't fire it right whoops i thought i had it and we've done it so many times it's like that's the worst feeling in the world man if you're a neuron playing Led Zeppelin, it's like your passing just goes a th- it just completely drop. You just throw it the wrong way. It doesn't go to the next. It just goes. It just hits somebody else in the face. Yeah, and it, it's like whoa! I dropped the ball. Whoops! Whoops! That's what happens when you get old. They get more frail, and they go. Here you go. Here you go. Even the strongest ones, they eventually just atrophy. And uh, 
if you get Alzheimer's. I don't think that's true. And 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 it's not. It's not. If you just get old, you're not losing. The, you don't forget how to play Led Zeppelin. You just can't because of other stupid cells in the body. Not the brain. The brain could go on forever if we had the tools to house it. So that brings me. So now we. So now we're talking about. Uh, the heart, you know, just a, we're still. I still haven't finished the point I'm making, which is uh, that that the biology has no ca- doesn't care about you though, except for the what I just talked about. The 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 there's a, if you're a conscious cell in the brain, that's for a very important part of the brain. Then that's kind of cool, but nobody cares because they, they, everybody has their own job, and they don't care about the famous, the cool jobs. They just care about themselves, man. It's like society. Humans are like society, all in and of themselves, just inside every multicellular organism. It's kind of like a society, man. But do they care that they're in a society? I don't know. I could be convinced one way or the other, man. I could be, if there's evidence that's like, well, they, the system's, do kind of help the other systems like i don't know if that's true man i think it's uh capitalism i think it's just it's a commune it's a hippie commune commune whatever you know it's it's not i don't know what it is man it's all people it's like communism man it's like they're being they're all getting the same and it's just the brain making all of this it's like a dictatorship there's no social benefits you get you don't get to retire as a heart cell. Like okay, so you're doing all the work, the most important non like brain job. It's one of the most important things is to be part of the, is to be a heart cell. And what's the benefit? What do you get after you retire? You get eaten by other cells and you're dead forever. That's it. You don't get reincarnated. You don't get turned back into a stem cell to be something else. You don't get upgraded. Or down, there's no karma system. So I'd rather be a single cell organism, hundred percent, because okay, I get to swim in a huge lake for the wherever I want to go in a pond. I could be living in pond scum, and that's my and that sounds great. Whenever you see pond scum or algae, what that is is a bunch of people living their lives and having a good, high quality life. So don't get, you know, don't be, you're just jealous. I mean, that's what it is. That's why it's green. That's why algae's green is because it's the color of envy. And when we, see, when people see algae, they go, ugh. They wince. They wince and they groan and they shrug. At the same time, they go, ugh. Ugh. They do that whenever they see algae because algae is gross to them. It's like, ugh, it's a bunch of nasty shit that I got to clean up. And it's deteriorating and it's ugly and it's probably bad for you or something. It's like, well, you're just jealous that that's a huge amount of people having a good time in life. Because they're not in your stupid body. It's a weird phenomenon is the point I'm trying to make. Is that we have this biology of multicellulars, multis I'll call them. Yeah, I'll call these multi-cells, so mu-cells. Yeah, I'll call them mu-cells. These mu-cells, yeah, they're assholes because they're 
And I'm not talking about the cells that make up them. I'm talking about the thing that we call them, the animal. The cells inside the animal, why are they so loyal to this thing? There's got to be something going on. Maybe it's neutrons. Maybe it's something, maybe it's dark energy, dark matter. Maybe it's something going on on a sub, on a non-material level, like on the 4D part of the world where we just can't see why, why the hell do all these cells, where do they get the motivation to live as long as they live? I know they don't live that long. I know it's only a couple kinds of cells that live a long time, that live like more than a decade. There's only a couple of them. Where do they get the 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 drive to be like okay I'm gonna be a a cell sperm cells is the, is one of the exceptions and then egg cell just to be an egg cell it's like okay I'm I'm pretty important I'm pretty important to this whole operation but what are the perks other than being caged up and just staying in one place and being shot out if I'm unlucky oh if, okay. It's a great deal. So I get shot out to my t to just die in a very unglamorous way, in a sacrificial way. Is there a ritual associated with this sacri sacrifice that I'm going through? Is this, is an egg cell? What do you call them? No. Not that I can see. Not that they've ever seen in microscopes. I never see fanfare. Not that we can understand, at least. We don't see fanfare for the sacrificed. Humans are better, than, you know, treat their other humans as bad as humans are. We treat other humans not as bad as the cells, the other cells do. You know, whatever you want to call them. Subhumans. That's what I'm calling them from now on. They're literally subhumans. Like, they're part of the human, but they're smaller than the human. They're more important, but they're important. Anyway... Where do they get the drive? They treat other cells like crap. There's no pension plan, no retirement plan. So, I, and it's a hierarchy. Is uh, you know, like you just get born lucky as a brain cell. You just you just get this. You get told, okay, you're gonna be in this part of the brain. It has to do with you know certain muscles. You're just gonna be part of the brain that tells the left hand and the right hand to do this riff on this guitar. Gonna be part of that neural pathway. It's like, where the hell did they get so lucky to even be in that part of the? It's luck, but it's they had to work on it. So it's like they became successful, but the privilege was already there. Being in that part of the brain is already pretty cool because you get to control movement, and other parts of the brain are super boring. They just control if you're itchy or something. Let's go. Okay, you're in this part of the brain. Very undesirable part of the brain. Your job is to just tell people when they're itchy in this part of their testicles. That's it. This this tiny part of their testicle, like this, it's like, in, not even that is boring. Where the where in the part that they're scratching is, it's a very common, you know, not even that. It's a place that they rarely get itchy to begin with. So you're you're like a firefighter that lives in Alaska, a place where it's too cold for fires. So that's the analogy that I'm sticking with. 
It's like that. It's exactly like that. It's like being a firefighter in the desert where it's not too cold. It's just that it's nothing to burn. Nobody, nobody really lives. Like there's nothing really to burn down. It's like everything's made out of sand already. Sand is already burnt. If everything's made out of sand, we're going to burn a cactus? Cactuses don't really burn because they're made of water. So, 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 so the, the, there's cellular privilege and nobody talks about that. Nobody's like, whoa, like stem cell is the obviously to us the highest desirable cell because they could be anything. And that's a great magic trick that biology presents. It's like, okay, so you're a stem cell. You could be anything. You could be a piece of hair. Or it could be part of the heart or a sperm cell. You could be anything you want to be. So there's the privilege of being like, okay, what am I going to be as a cell? It's like, okay, I don't get it. So I'm, so I get, so I think that, so that's, so why is, why is it so driven? Why are individual cells driven to do what they do? Are they just machines? They're just machines. I guess the whole problem with this is that I've been uh, calling them people. I've been referring to, I've been using them as conscious beings. I don't think they are. They're just cogs in a machine. And I wouldn't want to be a cog in a machine. And all that said, even if they are cogs, it still stands that my point is true, that biology on a micro level doesn't care about the macro. It doesn't care. Oh, he went to the bank today. And lost all his money. Okay, I don't definitely don't care about that. But oh, he ate something. He ate poison. Okay, I also don't care about that because I'm a, just a dumb machine that's gonna die, and it has no. It's alive, but it has no consciousness. But it's, I'm gonna die. I don't care. What do I care? There's no point in being alive as a multicellular cell anyway. So okay, he ate poison. It's gonna kill me. Okay, who cares? I don't get it. But I think so. That so the point is. Now that we're done talking about that, so now this whole idea of having taken a pill uh, to stop you from having brain freezes. Now that we explained the biology, let's get back to the disease itself and the drug. So yeah, you take a pill that, like yeah, I, I the whole point of why I brought that up is because I couldn't think of a word, and it's because I'm on. Uh, brain drugs, but not brain freeze drugs. I just didn't want to say uh, epilepsy drugs because that's not as fun. So I said I'm on brain anti-brain freeze, not anti-seizure drugs. That's not as fun to say. So I just said, yeah, I'm on anti-brain freeze drugs. That's why, I could, and it stops me from thinking of words. So, I, so that's what that's the whole reason I even brought that up. So let's get to the first topic of the show, baby. This is episode 93. And uh, uh, so anyway, speaking of everything I just said, it's actually kind of to, to that point, it ties it. Uh, keto is a fast is a food choice and is a diet. And uh, keto, it means you're in keto. It, it, and uh so anyway, let's get serious. So I did a fast for two days, two days, and it was difficult because food is the is one of the only things, if not the only thing in life that gives me pleasure. That's it, food. 
that's it. Food is the first thing I reach for and the only thing that actually works that gives me pleasure. Isn't that weird? That's it. Just something in my body tells me, hey, food would be nice. Don't you want food? It's like, yeah. I like when your body makes you hungry as if it needs to do that for me to eat. It's like, I don't need to be hungry. I'm going to eat a whole pizza anyway. I'm going to definitely feed you body the brain why the hell does it do that what's the conspiracy going on in your body that it cares about making you eat i know it's rooted in the brain because your stomach doesn't why, your stomach doesn't care how much you eat so why why is the stomach sending signals that it's empty i don't think it is to be i think the brain is checking that it's empty and be like Hey, I'm a brain. I have these old chemistry or circuitry systems in the deep part of it, the mammalian. I have these really bad defects from evolution that told me to keep pinging my stomach and be like, is it empty? Well, it is, oh, okay. Well, then I'm going to send signals to the conscious part of my brain. I'm going to do that like because like, I'm for some horrible reason. And we're fixing that with medicine too, but for now, it's natural to be hungry every day. As much as you tell yourself, you know what, I'm just not going to be hungry today. I don't feel it right now, so I'm just going to probably not feel it ever. Because I don't feel it now, so I can't imagine feeling it later. Why would that happen? But it always it's inevitable that I get hungry every day. So I went two days without by you know without food fast i fasted for over for two days and it is it really makes you question your purpose as an individual it's like okay so i food once you're taking food out of your day once you don't take it for granted and realize that you can live without it that it is possible to live without it and once you don't have the option to to take to eat it every like even just a day you start having these thoughts of like wow food is really the only thing that is the biggest source of pleasure like you know and satisfaction at least on the on a very tangible level i don't know man it's it's hard to explain man if you, want, if you do an extended fast, that's how you would, yeah, experience what I'm talking about. But I don't even know what I'm talking about because it happened a day ago. It's over. I'm, but I, I felt very in the present, I guess, because time drags. The second you start fasting, it's like this feeling of, you already get this feeling of pain, of hunger pains. You go, wait, I have to not eat? The second food is removed from your horizon and from from your grasp of like, well, yeah, of course I could eat whatever I want. Once that's taken out, time slows to a halt. An hour is excruciating, man. And the, and then the longer you go, the longer the hours go by, man. I was, I only fasted for about forty eight hours, and as I was. Going through the hours, I was like, there's no way I'm going to make it another 12 hours, man. 
another 12 hours? You can't just sleep through it because when you're fasting, you ain't tired. You're exhausted, but you're not sleepy. You can only sleep for like a couple hours if you're fasting because then you wake up, you go, okay, I still haven't ate. Where's the freaking food? Let's eat. So I could sleep for real. Or at least, you know, so I could at least be legitimately satiated enough to sleep, man. When you take food out of the equation, when you, when you go a day without food, or two days, the, the, just the hours are, it's like, holy crap, it's only, okay, now I'm four hours away. That might as well be tomorrow. Four hours? I gotta wait another four hours. But then you get closer and closer, and it's like, okay, I'm starting to, I know it's getting closer. But it didn't feel like it was close until an hour away of 48 hours as it, as I was even 30 minutes away from breaking the fast I was like damn I wait a whole 30 30 minutes is nothing when you're just going about your normal routine 30 minutes is like okay better do it now then because 30 minutes is like a flash when you're in the early part of your routine and you're doing like stock like the stock market opens that's a fast 30 minutes, man. But when you're waiting to break a fast for 30 minutes after you've been already fasting for 48 hours, you go, oh, man, another 30 minutes of me sitting here just thinking about how good it's going to be to finally break the stupid fast. So then you finally hit the time. You go, well, I did it. You you get this rush of of dopamine. That is like, wow, I actually did it. And now I'm going to finally be able to break the fast and, and experience the thing I've been lusting over for the past 30 hours. You, then you break it. It's, it's really not the breaking it that is fun or satisfying. It's, it's when you finally know you're allowed to break it, I guess. You don't even have to... Follow the rules. You don't even have to make it to the end of the fast. Just the the reward of being like, okay, now I I'm gonna finally uh, eat. That's the fun part of a fast, is because you learn the value of food. It makes you lust over food, just any food, pretty much, even like stuff you wouldn't care about. You go, oh my god, I can't wait. You get so hungry, but not. But whatever, not in your typical everyday, like, okay, I'm hungry, Let's. what am I eating today? No, man, it becomes pornographic. Your feelings towards food become like, you could jizz just thinking about a pizza. Like, just the thought of, like, holy crap, do I love pizza. Holy crap, can I not wait to just do the most dirty thing to myself after I break this fast, man. Every, it's It totally changes your perspective on food. And then, so that's fasting. Fasting, I only did it because I know that I heard that after 48 hours or so, I think 36 or so hours, it, uh, it increases the uh, dopamine receptors in your brain. And that's super, that's like what life is, man. Having more dopamine receptors than you're using or serotonin receptor like having an ab 
abundance of those receptors that are not already like done working, that's life. That's like happiness is is that having an abundance of that. If you're strapped for it, if you're broke on dopamine receptors, if you could buy dopamine receptors, man, that'd be awesome because then you could just buy them. It's like an upgrade. You just buy. It's like a software upgrade. You just be like, hey, ten bucks a month, you get five thousand. You know, however many more receptors. Probably more than that. You get like five hundred thousand receptors or some shit. Whatever, whatever the amount. It's like, oh man, this is this makes any, everything better. You wouldn't even care about your other subscriptions. That would be the best one because. All it would take is you looking out the window and you would feel like you're on meth or crack. Name your drug. It would make you feel like you're on the best drug ever because you have so much ability to absorb that chemical that all it would take is the tiniest bit. So if you have ADHD, it'd be almost like you're cured. Because even if you're not producing as much, who cares if you, about how much you're producing? It's about how much can you receive instead of it just going down the tubes, instead of it just turning into nothing. It's like, yeah, you could produce dopamine with a pill, but that'll stop working eventually if you don't have the receptors to bask in that dopamine, to receive it. That's the whole point of taking a drug, is to receive the drug, not just to put it in your body it's to let it splash around at those receptors so they go ah those receptors those whatever those are those are like pieces of protein i don't know if they're single celled or they're not they're probably like pieces of protein or some shit which i don't know if that that's multiple cells i guess working together yeah that's multiple cells having an orgy that's what a protein is that's what it is um it's multiple cells that does have a purpose. Our purpose is not uh, arbitrary. Like, okay, here's this. It's not just handing one speck of lightning onto the other. It's like, okay, we're part of a plan to receive dopamine from wherever the hell it comes from. We don't care where it comes from. We just want it. We don't care what drug it came from because it's all it came from was from another part of the brain. It just came from another part of the brain. But we're the ones who get to jerk ourselves up. They, they, you know, it's like we get to come when that comes. To, I said, "Fuck yeah, it's Christmas." So if those get killed off and dried out by too much of a good thing, by up they get downregulated. That's the worst, man. The downregulation of those guys, like, oh man, they're shutting us down, man, because we're partying too loud all the time. That's what it is. I think if you, I just think, I, 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 I think I just cracked something about biology it's like well why why do those neurons get down regular it's because everybody's sick of hearing them party so long man so the cops which is some horrible part of the the cops in the brain uh that 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 i don't know if they i don't know literally who are the cops of the body the ones that go hey stop partying man we're gonna kill you we're gonna down regulate man we're the law well, I don't know that far much about biology, but I know what happens, and and uh, it's because it's too much of a good thing, like anything, like any drug, you know, anything is anything. 
these these uh, receptors they get shut down because they're partying too much. But if you have more of them, so you just get more of them, and your brain has plenty of room. It's not like a problem of them taking up too much space. They so if you could buy them, they would be the most successful business in the world um, because we already got plenty of supplies of dopamine. It's cheap. You can just buy it. You know, you can just buy it online. You know, uh, so we don't care about the amount of dopamine. We care about what we do with it. We want a ton of neurons or receptors to be like, okay, give me that, so that we don't waste any of it. And then you wouldn't need drugs because you would just in ADHD would be cured temporarily, as long as they they last, as long as those receptors last. ADHD is just the lack of receptors. It's not a lack of dopamine. We could just, if we had it, because I'm not just going to make a face. I'm going to explain. It's because the receptors aren't receiving. We don't have enough receptors. Who cares about the amount of dopamine? It's arbitrary how much dopamine you have. What's not arbitrary is how much receptors you have to process that dopamine. Like, that's all. That's what it is. It's not about like, Oh, our brains just don't produce enough. No. How do I know this? Because I heard there's things you could do to increase your your uh, receptors. You know? So it's not like ADHD isn't a real thing. But the reason so many more and more people have it now is because our receptors are getting bashed and bruised by too much of, a, of dopamine too much of it so we, it down regulates how we process how efficiently we can process the dopamine it's not the you get it it's not the amount of dopamine that matters it's amount of receptors so it's not like adhd isn't a real thing but it's becoming way more common and that's not a coincidence it's it is a real thing but you could get it by looking at your phone too much man so it's like, okay, boom. So every time you do something that that gives you that. So how do we solve that? Well, discipline, man. There's no way to solve it, man. Because uh, if you abuse those receptors, you'll lead to the same place no matter what. You'll lead to having ADHD or being a drug addict. A drug addict is just somebody with... ADHD that is self-induced or temporary, possibly, usually not. That's all a drug addict is. They just go, well, I need drugs. I need dope. Same with the ADHD. Just ADHD could be from not doing any drugs. So what? So that's why it's more looked at as like a disease that you could be you could be born with it. Kind of, uh, you could have it as a kid, and that's not the kid's fault. They didn't take meth. You know, they didn't abuse their brains yet. So we give them ADHD, or yeah, we give them stimulants. But why don't we just increase their receptors? If that's the problem, is numbers. Um, so if you could increase those without drugs, without anything, that's the that's like the crazy thing about it you could increase your receptors without doing anything all you do is just not eat 
And that counts as like doing something, even though it's the lack of doing something you would normally do. You have to fight your urges to eat. You have to be like, yo, body, relax, dude. I know that I'm hungry, dude. You don't even need to tell me to eat. I'm a naturally hungry person, man. I just like to eat. Not because of you. You don't got to send these intense signals of like, oh, man, pizza. It's like, I'm already going to do that. I just inherently like eating not because of the nutrient not because of just the act of of eating uh it's not chemical it's purely uh spiritual it's purely in the it's like in my consciousness it's purely uh, it's not it's not based on biology is the point i'm trying to make it's 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 real Okay, so that's why I'm like, why are you making me hungry, man? So anyway, if you if you fast for long enough, you get that kind of gets easier, and it turns into you go into ketosis, and that's something I wanted to do. Blah blah, I want to actually go back into the keto diet where it actually turns into ketosis, not just the keto diet. That's stupid. You could eat garbage keto food. You could eat food that is considered keto friendly. It doesn't mean you're gonna be doing ketosis. If you're eating low-quality shit, that actually uh, doesn't lead to it. Because I ate some processed foods that were keto-friendly, but they made me feel like crap. I would have felt better after eating McDonald's than eating this so-called keto-friendly. It's not keto-friendly. It just makes you want to eat the whole thing. It has a label. It's processed with who knows what. nothing keto about it because it makes you want to overeat it makes you want to eat the whole box it's, it's it's the opposite of what keto is about keto is about so anyway I, that's it um I, there's a lot more i, I could have talked about it, at least a lot more than what i did at least compared to how little i talked about anything i could have talked about a lot of stuff but that's not what this podcast is about apparently this podcast is about biology, and that's what I guess I'm going to have to call it now. Because I didn't talk about anything else, but I kind of did. I talked about fasting, and it was very uninspired. Thank you very much. And, uh, I, yes, thank you very much. This has been uh, episode 20. Now, I'll do a quick finance update. What I could, It's felt... Too early to end it there. I couldn't just end it there, you know? It, it's such a bad... Ep- so anyway, finance update. I have to at least say this in the... Ep- I can't just not mention this. Because finance is a, is like most of my life. Now that food is gone, finance. And music product. I'm producing music. So that, yeah, so I, I still am doing that. And uh, it takes a long time. It takes a long time to... F- produce a full song cover song uh like to do all the parts in it depending on the song and it's if you know this one that i'm working on now is taking a long time it's painful it's tough to go through the whole pro like okay i did the drums not well but i did them enough to move on and be like okay i'll fix this later at least i got most of the parts done no i'm gonna have to go back and re-record or reprogram drum parts because part of it wasn't good enough 
So I'm not done with the drum. So like I used to produce these. I guess what I'm saying is the. I'm saying a lot of things, but I guess what I want to focus on in this part of what I'm saying is uh, with music production is that my bar is going, my quality bar is going up, my threshold, my standards are going up because I want to actually get better at it. I don't want to just stay at the same level. Like, okay, the drums are what that's is, that's what the drums are going to be. No, I want to get better at drums because rhythm. The rhythm section of any song is super critical to if it's a good to what makes it good. You're listening to it; it might as well be good. Why not? Why would I have to deal with hearing something if it's not going to be good? The whole point of music is to enjoy it, right? Not to be like, oh, those drums are really annoying. Those drums are really this repetitive and uninspired, and they're all on a grid. They're all perfectly locked to a grid, and it's the same sample, and there's no. I know it's a drum track. I know it's fake. Yeah, that's going to get old. So I'm trying to get better at that. And I bought a, a, a percussion instrument that I couldn't figure out what the hell. It, I just learned about it, that it exists. And I got it the same day. So anyway, so I bought, yeah, I, I guess I could keep. Uh, the, 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 why did I spend so much time talking about biology when I don't even know nothing about it? When I actually had other stuff I could have been talking uh, this music thing that I'm thing doing, I guess, because who cares? Cause no, because I don't want like talk about myself. So anyway, I bought this guiwo. This it's called a guiwo. It's how you say. It's how I. I never said it before. I never knew this thing existed. It's G U I R O, guiwo. It's a guiwo. It's a thing that you just you 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 rub a stick against and it goes. I can't do an impression of it, but I, it's hard to do an impression of a percussive instrument if it's not something you're good at naturally doing. Like a That's what it's it sounds like a, a washboard, like rubbing a stick against a washboard but it's not a washboard it's a different thing it's made out of wood and it makes a different sound than a washboard washboards are like just boards that are made out of metal that go that is not that's not what i wanted man but i thought it was a washboard at first because i wasn't cultured before yesterday before i googled what is that instrument and spill the wine. What is that instrument? And somebody else was also... Somebody else asked that before in history. Somebody else asked that before. So the first result was the answer. Is this... It's this. It's a guiro. I go, oh, that's what it is. It makes a nice wooden sound. Not just like change falling down a gutter. <laughs> That's what a washboard sounds like. Nah, that's not the freaking thing I was hearing in Spill the Wine. Look it up. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It's like this nice, satisfying sound of a stick rubbing against a ribbed piece of wood. So I bought a Griro. I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. Because it's needed. In songs that I happen to be recording in uh, in a song that I did a couple months ago. Apparently, I'm going to have to go back to that. It's not finished yet, apparently. That's why albums 
take forever. When you could always just go back and keep improving it, when the hell do you know when it's done? Well, I'll know. I will know, but you, the standard is whatever I decide it to be. There's no deadline for this song, for for the album. There is, for whatever, there was for one of them. So I got the Guiro coming tomorrow, and it was easy. It's only like 30 bucks for like a decent-looking thing that actually makes, hopefully, it's good enough. For, I mean, you could spend more, but there really wasn't any better ones than what I saw because this there was ones made of metal and that's not what I that's not what I want so anyway a lot of these songs modern ish songs use a Latin I don't know if it's Latin but it's using a lot of Latin music and it's it's really necessary to to be to tell the message it's a good instrument it sounds cool thought it was Anyway, so I just learned about that, and I got it the same day I learned about it. So I don't. Sometimes you just have to grow, you know, broaden your horizons as a musician. You just be like, you know what? I have to buy this thing. I have to learn this instrument because it's in a song that I want to cover, and I'm not gonna. I want to do it justice. Yeah, because I used a sample and it sounded like garbage. You know, I can't just do the same sample every time there's this instrument when it's throughout the whole song and it's, it's varies. It's very variable, you know? It's very variable the way you could play it. You know? It's, it, yeah, so I, yeah, anyway, that's so that's that. And then I'm trying to do the stupid bass part in Ocean Man by Ween and it's making me like learn that this Ween band which I never really knew anything about I've heard of them but I didn't know they had any good songs and I just but they they're very they have some really good songs that are, and they're they're kind of like a nerdy comedy kind of band they have some songs that are kind of that have kind of comedy in them and but they they're very not easy to to reproduce apparently because the bass part is the most complicated bass part so far in a song that I'm doing, and it's not it's not repetitive enough for me to to memorize the thing. I've done it a thousand like I, I'm not even a quarter of the way done memorizing it, and that's not I'm not even like ten percent done memorizing it or something like that. So I I'm not gonna memorize it. I gave up on memorize. It's too variable there's different every measure is almost something changes it might just be a slight change it's not jazz it's on paper a pretty simple song just pretty simple song on paper it has a chorus and a verse no bridge and you could argue no chorus because the chorus is kind of part of the verse so it's just a song of four verses and a solo. It's deceptively difficult to copy it perfectly. If you just play it, if you improvise your own bass line, okay, you could probably get away with that. But to play it like the record it did, it took forever to even transcribe the damn thing. I had to be like, okay, well, let's act. I, I'm not going to memorize it, so I guess I have to write it down because there was no, the tab for it wasn't accurate. So I had to do it myself through my little ears. I had to be like, okay, he's going down to E flat, I guess. Had to separate the damn bass track using AI, which wasn't free. I had to pay for some AI website to separate the bass track. And even then, I was like, is what the hell? No, I don't know. Is that an E flat? 
I guess it is, because the further I got into it, the easier it got to be like, okay, they're going back down to that again, back down to the E flat and then the F and C. I get it. It's, it's those notes. It's in this key. And they only deviated from the key once in the song. They have an E where there's no E. Anyway, very very weird that I'm talking about. It's very boring. So it's very difficult. I'm still doing it. And I want to get it done so I can move on to the next part. It's not fun. It's like a video game. I made it fun, kind of, by turning it into a tab that I could easily read. So it's like, okay, I could play along with the tab a little bit. But just because you could sort of see where you're going on the tab, it doesn't mean you could play it. Because it's a difficult bass. It uses all the strings. You have to go from the top string to the bottom string and like... It's like, holy crap. So difficult. I'm not a, I'm not good, man. But it's like it's I am you know, you get better at any part, you'll eventually learn it if you do it enough times. But it's like, why am I spending days just to cover a baseline on a you know like, So hopefully you know, whatever, that's what I choose to do with my time. I mean it's a weird thing to do with your time, but like I guess people do worse things. Like you, I could just be playing a video game all life, all life. I've already been doing that. You know, all day is not enough. So I'm doing something else that at least it's like okay, I'm getting something done. Okay, so anyway, finance update. We'll end on the finance update. So finances. I wouldn't say I had a good 2023. It's a new year. Um, it wasn't a good year to, for finances or really anything. I, I grew my hair out and I survived it without any delay, uh, you know, without killing myself or getting or hurting myself badly. I just got older. I got through it with, and nothing really good happened, but, but I lost a lot of money on the stock market, you know, because of day trade. Cause I, I fell into the a loose the uh, the the allure of uh, trying to make money every day from the stock market uh, as if it was a job instead of just buying a stock and waiting like months to be like okay guess I'll sell this stock or hopefully lo- probably longer than a, probably at least a year it's boring that's easy but who wants to wait years to get to see your portfolio. No, I so I got sucked into day trading and it, it, it was uh who cares what kind of day trade? It was with options, selling options and uh, so, this, so that means I wasn't betting on the market going in, in a direction. I was betting that it wouldn't go in a direction. I was like, "Please just stay where you are and I'll make all the money I I want." You could make unlimited money you know, every you could make pretty much, uh, you could like make ten percent of your portfolio every single day, if it didn't do anything. If the stock market just stayed where it was, that's fun to me. That's like okay, so I can make money just by nothing happening. That's fun. I'm selling lottery tickets to other people that are hoping it goes in their direction because then they will make they'll make a lot of money. I'll lose a lot of money. If I don't sell the option or buy it back before that happens. So it's to me, I'd rather be on the selling side because I'm just hope I'm, it's a neutral op. It's neutral market neutral. It's like, okay, I, 
it better stay above this price. That's all I care about. It just has to stay above or below whatever strike price I choose. That's up to me. The comfort zone of risk is up to me. I could be like, okay, I'll make, I'll just pick a strike price that's far out of the money. It won't go that high. So that's free money, it feels like. It's like, okay, the S&P is at 4500 I will sell a, a, a call that's at a 4550 strike price. So 4500 all the way up to 4550 That's 50 points of a gap between the current price and the strike price. So I'll make, I'll keep all the, price of the option as premium if it simply doesn't go up 50 points in one day that's freaking sounds like a great deal and the majority of the time it is you will be like you'll see the the odds of it going in the money before you you do the transaction it'll be like okay there's about a 20 percent chance that you'll be pissed off today that you'll take a loss on this a big loss like a big loss if it goes in the money it's a pretty big loss if you're selling options unless you're uh unless it's a narrow and that's uh i don't know it's usually pretty bad it's it's like you lose a lot you don't have to spend any you just lose a lot uh that doesn't make any sense you, you don't have to it doesn't it, like you do have to it feels like, well, nothing can go wrong because all I'm doing is selling an option. If it goes against me, I won't have to pay anything. No, you get, you're get you forced to settle the option. So you lose money if it goes against you. But the fun is knowing that most of the time, hey, it's probably not going to go up 50 points in one day. It rarely does. But not that rarely because it's happened enough times this past few months where it completely blew up my account uh, almost not completely but enough to be like yeah I blew up half of my account today and I'm a couple days later okay blew up another half of it now so now it's down this much I could keep going though I just have to have 50 good days in a row which won't happen and of course but I could I just told myself Okay, just don't do that again. Just don't take the loss. Take the loss before it goes to that deep in the... That's the hard part. Most of the time, yes, you'll you'll get... The odds are in your favor if, if you look at it and be like, okay, this is the break-even. If it doesn't hit this price, I'm good. I did credit spread, so the break-even was actually higher than the strike price not that that matters this late in the episode let's end the episode so i lost a lot of money so i lost the ability to do that now and now i'm like a crackhead without a fix because I, I i don't have 25k in the account anymore so i can't day trade i'm far below 25k so it'll be quite a while before i could get back into day trading which probably i shouldn't ever why should i get back into it well because it gives you a huge amount of of dopamine like uh not money like you'll be up every like the days that go well you will feel like you're making a lot of money because it's like okay my balance went up by a lot 
But all, you know, then the one bad day, it's like, okay, I, so all those profitable days are now worthless. So it doesn't pay you money, but it's a, one of the strongest addictions I think I've found in, I don't know how long, maybe a long time, 10 years probably. It's a strong addiction. And the bad days, they're pretty bad because your whole, my whole sense of self was dependent on how well I did in this, in this game. And since I did horribly, it's like, well, that feels bad. But then the next, you just have to wait till the next day. And like, as long as you're recuperating some of the losses, it's like, okay, that's not as bad anymore because I'm recuperating and I'm learning and I'm getting stronger. Like, yeah, but you still screwed up on the December, uh, like 10 or 12 days ago or something like that is when I lost enough to be no longer allowed to day trade. So well, I'm not going to deposit more because I don't want to actually lose my whole sense of, like my whole sense of net worth. I don't want to lose all my money. So I'm not going to deposit more money is over, man. I'm just going to start doing less intensive forms of trading options. I'm going to keep selling options. You can still sell options. That's not day trade unless you do it more than once uh, in a week or something, in a day. It's not day trade. You're just selling options that are long-term options. And then that's great. It's called the wheel. I'm doing the wheel still. The wheel is good enough. You know, it's good enough for now. I want to get back. I do miss day trading though because you get out of bed fresh no matter how bad you slept it doesn't matter because it's the strongest source of motivation and and to get out of bed or at least to look at your phone you don't, you don't really have to get out of your bed to day trade but it's at least to be awake the strongest motivation i've had to wake up at 8 p.m a.m actually it's actually i'm waking up at 8 a.m um i'm still doing that because I'm still trading a good amount. I'm still trading like 10, 20 contracts a week. They're just long-term, weekly, monthly, two months out. I'm doing it the more reserved, but better, less risky. And so far, most of them have worked out. Uh, and I do still actually do day trading, but only with... Oh, God, I can't believe I'm still talking about it. I still day trade, but not um, with credit spreads. I'm no longer at that level of options risk where I'm taking credit spreads. But in a different account, it is above 25K. So I could buy and sell options to my heart's desire because um, I, I have enough cash to, to, to use as, to, for collateral or you know whatever you want to call it to risk if it gets assigned, but I'm not doing credit spreads because those are binary. Those are like, okay, you either won or lost money. You either lost a lot of money or gained a little money. I'm not doing those because I'm not allowing myself for this particular account that I'm using because it's more conservative-minded. It's a more, I, I have that ability to compartmentalize my investing strategies. I don't just have one rule for every account in all parts of my assets, all my assets at risk. No, I have that ability 
to compartmentalize my risk tolerance depending on the amount in assets class, etc., etc. So I'm not completely a crack addict yet. So we, we yeah, so selling options is still the way to go. It's still awesome to sell options. That's like, that's you get a dopamine hit every time you sell an option. It's like, okay, I just got money for doing nothing for for selling a contract. So that's a thing that's not real. You're selling the idea that if if something happens, I will owe this. Okay, then there will be consequences. But if that thing, that event doesn't happen, I keep all the premium. That's pretty cool. And to do it with the wheel, even if the worst thing happens and it goes above the strike price or below the strike price, I'm okay with that because... I'll just get assigned the shares or the shares will be sold off. It's like, okay, so just do it again. Hopefully you'll make your money back. Um, okay, why do I feel the urge to keep going this long? I don't know. Uh, it's It's been fun. Um, a fun year, 2023. I lost a lot of money, but, you know, I'm not totally broke uh so we're, it's a learning experience very expensive learning experience could have bought a lot i could have bought a lot of nice things with that money like absurdly nice things with that money but those are just things so those don't retain value i don't consider those like assets the the, the state you know other people do but if they're just hunks of metal i don't really consider that an asset you can't just sell it in, in two seconds on your phone. Too brick and mortar for me. So I don't, I don't consider like a house an asset because it doesn't make you money unless you're selling as you're selling a rent, unless you're a landlord. Yeah, then it's an asset, but it's such a over overvalued one that it, no one wants to buy it. So it's, it's a it's it's not really an asset considering how the market works with with houses it's like okay yeah you could sell it it's worth something yeah it's worth something i get that you got to go through the hassle of finding somebody that wants to pay a good amount for it's like yeah sure it's an asset but i need it though you know then i'd have to move somewhere else and then okay i might made a small profit off a okay stock market is better stock market yeah i lost more than i made so far if you add it all up, yes. But it, it's the it's the memes that you laughed at along the way. It's the emotions. It's the journey that I'm paying for, not the money. No one gets rich day trading. So you have to look at it as the most expensive hobby you will ever have. But it's also a lifestyle. Anyway, so yeah. I don't think I'll ever get rich from the stock market, but I do want to. You know, I don't think I will, but I do kind of hope I will. You get it? Okay, thank you very much. It's been episode 93 of Tim Vice. My friend, good way to read y'all. Good 2024. Because I'm not doing this again for the rest of the year.